0: Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. I'm Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the scriptures with us as we continue to investigate Jesus' favorite topic, what he called the gospel about the kingdom of God. There's a good reason why many churchgoers have a very vague idea of what the Bible says about the future of our world. The truth is that Jesus' teaching about a future kingdom of God, a new divine world government, to be introduced by a catastrophic intervention from God himself. This kind of teaching is extremely unpopular in many religious academic circles. Academic theologians train pastors who teach churches. Scholars would much prefer a Jesus, often, who taught timeless principles about love and fellowship with God. They are much less enthusiastic about a God who promises to send his Son back to this earth to introduce by a cataclysm a new world order on a renewed earth. But Jesus promised his followers that they would inherit just such a new society coming on the earth in the future, the kingdom of God. I'm referring here to Matthew 5 and verse 5, where Jesus spelled out in the clearest terms the objective of the Christian faith. The goal of the believer, he said, is as follows, Blessed are the meek because they're going to inherit the earth. So it remains true that the reward of the faithful in the Bible is always attached to this planet, the earth. The reward, of course, then, is to inherit the promised renewed earth of the future, the kingdom of God. We find that fact plainly stated by Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. And you can compare with that verse, Revelation 5 and verse 10, which speaks also of the whole company of believers the faithful of all the ages from all the nations and races and tribes and peoples of the earth who have been gathered together to form a kingdom. And the text then says that they're going to reign as kings upon the earth. Revelation 5 verse 10. It's surprising that we hear so much about when I get to heaven or so-and-so's gone to heaven or won't heaven be wonderful and so on when that isn't the language of Jesus at all. As one leading scholar in Britain recently said, heaven in the Bible is nowhere the destination of the dying. Was he right in that assertion? Well, that's something you can check very easily in your own Bible. You can start with the Hebrew Bible, what we mistakenly perhaps call the Old Testament, and examine what the reward being offered to the faithful is going to be. You'll find in Psalm 37, a verse which says that the meek are promised that they're going to inherit the earth. In fact, that Psalm 37 makes that statement no less than five times. The meek are going to have the earth as their reward and inheritance. Now, Jesus, as a good Jew, and of course also the prototype teacher of the Christian faith, Jesus, basing his teaching upon the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, did not abandon that great insight from Psalm 37, not for one moment. He simply repeated it and applied it to his own Christian disciples, in Matthew 5, verse 5. Belief in a brand new world coming is the essence of the Hebrew prophet's message in our Old Testament, and it's also the heart of what Jesus taught under his banner, the gospel about the kingdom of God. You'll see that he introduced this kingdom of God to the public in Matthew 4, verse 23, and again in 9, 35 of Matthew's gospel, and in Luke 4, verse 43. In all of those texts and many more, we have summary statements of the ministry of Jesus in Palestine. And in every case you will find that the substance of what he was offering to the public as the gospel had to do precisely with this issue of the kingdom of God or the inheriting of the earth because those are the same ideas exactly. And then after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that same marvelous message of the coming kingdom of God on the earth for which we pray when we say, Thy kingdom come, that same message was propagated among the Gentile people also. In Acts 8 and verse 12, we find that Philip was preaching the gospel about the kingdom of God, and when the people grasped and understood and believed that message about the kingdom, along with the things concerning the name of Jesus Christ, they were ready to be baptized, both men and women. Acts 8 and verse 12. Similarly, Paul in Acts 19 verse 8 argued and discoursed and dialogued about the kingdom of God for three months. At the very end of the book of Acts, we find exactly the same thing. In chapter 28, verse 23, and again in verse 31 of Acts 28, we'll find that Paul was constantly putting before the public, both Jew and Gentile alike, the same message of salvation concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus. Acts 28, verses 23 and 31. And so the last thing we find Paul doing in the book of Acts in Rome was preaching the kingdom of God and the things concerning Jesus Christ. He was doing this, in fact, for two whole years before he was finally put in prison by the Roman government. But if you read scholarly analysis of the kingdom of God today, the kingdom of God, that is, in the teaching of Jesus, it's easy to see that Jesus' emphasis on the kingdom to come in the future at his return to the earth is often bypassed, played down, or simply ignored. Some scholars, finding this information about a future apocalyptic kingdom, that's to say, a kingdom that comes by divine intervention, divine judgment, finding that to be uncongenial, not something they think we can believe today, they argue that the disciples had a misunderstanding of Jesus' own teaching. They argue, in fact, that the disciples must have read the future kingdom of God back into Jesus' words, and done it wrongly, and thus misrepresented him. Now, that's really just a cop-out for avoiding plain information. It has been obvious to many other good scholars of the Bible that Jesus always spoke of the coming kingdom, in the same terms exactly as the Hebrew prophets of the Old Testament before him had spoken of it. But the thing is that the human mind doesn't always want to welcome the teaching of Jesus and it has devious ways of getting rid of the uncomfortable information it doesn't like. One of those ways that has permeated a lot of scholarly writing is to say that Jesus, in fact, did not say anything about that future kingdom, but rather his disciples, who misunderstood him, later attributed the words about the kingdom to Jesus. They put those words back on the lips of Jesus and thus misrepresented him. There's another scholarly technique by which the teaching of Jesus may be conveniently evaded. This proposes that Jesus did in fact use language which sounds as if he believed in a great future intervention in the affairs of man, but that Jesus used such language only out of deference to popular ignorance. In other words, Jesus, knowing the ignorance of the people he was talking to, used their language about the kingdom and sounded as though he believed it himself, but in fact he didn't. These people argue that Jesus accommodated his language to the poor education of the people with whom he was dealing. Jesus, in other words, under that theory, really meant something quite different from what he appears to say. And what he meant to say, these scholars would argue, is what we all anyway wish he had meant, a kingdom in the heart now and a gentle fellowship with God now. But those scholars are not keen to have a Jesus who spoke about a great judgment coming to the earth when God in the future sends his son back and in a cataclysmic event establishes the kingdom of God on the renewed earth. But that was indeed the heart of Jesus' gospel of the kingdom and also the heart of John the Baptist's message before him. Theology, we suggest, has some serious, unfinished business to do. It really ought to come to terms courageously and candidly and honestly with the teaching of the historical Messiah, Jesus. The fact is that the Christian gospel, as Jesus preached it, does announce a coming catastrophic intervention by God which is going to put an end to all injustice and human mismanagement of our planet. And I think most of us would agree that there's a fair bit of mismanagement and iniquity and unfairness in the world as it exists now. Jesus spoke always about the kingdom of God, as did Paul, who was Jesus' accredited representative. It's fascinating to me to observe how minutely Paul followed his Lord in this matter of speaking of the kingdom as the gospel. In Luke 9, verse 11, we read that Jesus welcomed the people and began speaking to them about the kingdom of God. And Paul, in the last chapter of the book of Acts, chapter 28, verses 30 and 31, also welcomed all who came to see him and preached the gospel about the kingdom of God. Now, that's very remarkable. Both Jesus and Paul typically welcomed their audiences and immediately broached the subject of the kingdom of God. That was the heart of their evangelism. But my question is, do Christians today follow that example well? When did you last hear an evangelist on radio or TV invite people to Repent and believe in the gospel about the kingdom of God, as Jesus did with his audiences, as, for example, at the beginning of his ministry in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. I've read scores of tracts claiming to offer the gospel, the gospel of salvation, to people, and none of the tracts that I've ever seen contains a single reference to the gospel concerning the kingdom of God. When did you last share that precious information about the kingdom with your friends, and what we need to do to enter the kingdom when it comes. We see that Paul obviously expected church members to play their part in the propagation of the gospel message about the kingdom. He noted that when he was in prison, and I quote, most of the brethren have far more courage now to speak the word of God, the gospel, without fear. And by word of God, of course, he meant the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom, as he always preached it. You'll find that text in Philippians 1 and verse 14. And it implies then that Paul was expecting other church members, the church in general, to play their part in the spreading of the gospel message of salvation, the gospel about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, Acts 8, verse 12. It's our Christian duty indeed to be evangelists for Jesus and his kingdom. Timothy was instructed to proclaim the word, that's to say the word of the kingdom. You'll find that in Second Timothy 4, verses 1 and 2. At the beginning of that chapter, Paul had just finished saying that Jesus would judge people at his return, and Paul was solemnly witnessing to the appearance of Jesus in the future and to his kingdom, which would come then. In the light of that hope of the coming kingdom, Timothy was then urged to preach the message, 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 and 2, that's to say, the message about the kingdom of God in that context. The treasure of the kingdom message was given to us by Jesus, according to Matthew 13, verses 11 and 44 and 46. Jesus there spoke of the mysteries, or the secrets, about God's plan for bringing his kingdom to this earth. Secrets indeed which are now revealed to the church by Jesus and his spirit. And these secrets, these mysteries of God's plan for the creation of his new kingdom are taught extensively throughout the parables of the kingdom as Jesus preached them. In verses 44 and 46 of that same chapter, Matthew 13, Jesus spoke of the treasure of the kingdom message and of the pearl of great price, which is an understanding of God's kingdom plan. Now that treasure of the kingdom message is not to be hoarded up by the church. The good news of it is to be spread far and wide so that many others can be brought into the same circle of Jesus' disciples, and given the hope of immortality in the coming kingdom. A fierce judgment awaits those who do nothing with the talent that they've been given, Jesus said. According to his famous parable of the talents, people who do nothing with the gifts that they've been given don't just miss out on rewards in the kingdom, they are actually excluded from the kingdom itself. We read of this in Matthew chapter 25, verses 28 and 30. Our time is running out for today. We invite you to request from us our free book on the kingdom, entitled The Coming Kingdom of the Messiah, A Solution to the Riddle of the New Testament. We urge you to be studying the verses we've been presenting in your own Bible, and to feel the force of them straight from the text of Scripture itself. Join us again as we continue to investigate Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.